1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 is our text and we'll read verses 9 and 10. We certainly need God's help this morning. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine. If you've got it, say amen. amen. I hear some pages rustling in the in the midst. Okay, sounds like we're there. Verse nine says, "But as it but as it is written." By the way, before I get into this, Sister Kathy Dunn, it's good to see you here this morning. Amen. I've totally overlooked, and Sister Desiree, good to see you this morning. Amen. It's good to see Sister Cindy Brown this morning. Many, I'm not trying to single people out, but I just, I, I overlook this too often. So we want you to know that we love you guys. Appreciate you making an effort to be here this morning. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed, everybody say God hath revealed. God hath them unto us by his spirit everybody say by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things yea the deep things of god spirit searcheth out i'll insert that word out just to better explain because i i it's it's more of a discovery process not for the spirit but for us right and the spirit is the thing that leads us in this discovery process. But for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Amen. This morning, I want to preach on just a simple, single worded title, Revelation. I want the Lord to help us this morning. I believe, the, I believe God has a special uh, purpose for this service. Not for just one or for two or three, but for everybody that's in this house. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's bind together right now and ask the Lord to help us in the remainder of this service. God, we trust you fully. God, your word is true. It's yea and amen. When you speak, God, it comes to pass. My confidence is in you and you alone. God, I pray that you would help me to lay aside my mind, my spirit, my attitude, my Lord, my intellect, God, my ideas, God, everything that would hinder what you would like to accomplish this morning. I pray that before we leave this house, that we will have accomplished what you, God, planned for this service. I lean heavily on you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise before we're seated today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you shout amen? Can you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You could be seated this morning. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Good spirit of worship this morning. Good presence of the Lord. Amen. That is met with us. Amen. This morning. I'm so glad that he brought me out. Hallelujah. Amen. In the denominal Christian world, they often speak um, perhaps too much on the subject of revelation or maybe too many of their of their um, experiences are driven by what I will call personal revelation. And I, I think this does a great disservice to what the Lord has intended with this concept. And it is a scriptural concept. 
and um, it, it, it hinders, it takes away from what God would like to accomplish with his own word and with his spirit. And this is not, is not spiritual um, um, hubbub or, or just over-spiritualization. There is a legitimate divine revelation that God can impart to those of us who come seeking, who come in earnest and desire that revelation. Amen. But but because perhaps the that those that I just mentioned have uh, overused the term or over uh, have have abused the term that that many look upon it with disdain and they it takes away from what God would like to accomplish with it. Amen. Revelation is in the natural sense um, goes beyond uh, the, the term. Like I mentioned is has been kind of co-opted by the charismatic movement and and many but just the simple definition of the word uh, revelation is 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 of something that you just put simply you didn't know before but through some form of observation whether that was through your eyes your hands your your, your walking around or somebody just communicating it to you through education through school or maybe your parents taught you uh, you come to a realization a revelation an understanding of something that you did not understand before that's how children pick up subtle mannerisms from their parents parents don't say well you need to swing your arm that way when you walk you need to kick your leg out that way when you walk uh, and maybe some of this is hereditary and that might be another form of quote quote revelation or realization and uh, of some kind of uh, uh, these mannerisms but but many of these come through just simple observation just looking I, I remember working and and I know brother Siva and his wife they're both software engineers but and we were talking about that the other night after youth service oh, by the way I didn't mention this to the church but their daughter received the gift of the Holy Ghost on Friday night It was wonderful. The power of the Lord moved in this place in a special way. Brother Seely did an excellent job teaching and talking to our young people. And just a sweet spirit of the Lord that moved into this place in the altar service. Brother Larson was here and could testify what I'm saying. And, and she, little, uh, little Johanna, was over there standing. And, and I told her dad, she was just shaking. Her hands were just shaking like this for about 15 minutes. And, and Pastor Hilton from Lacing went over and was praying with her for those 15 minutes. And by the end of that time, Time. She started speaking in tongues, tears flowing down her face. And I'm just thanking God for what he's doing at the Truth Church. The Lord gave to her a revelation. He gave to her uh, an impartation, something that can't be given through the preached word of God, Brother Hall. It can't be given uh, through some form of communication or so, you can't pick it up in a book somewhere. You've got to get it in the spirit of God. That's the kind of revelation that I want to talk about, but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself this morning. But there, there is a, that form, that, that natural form of revelation that perhaps we should use the term realization to better describe it, that, that, um, that it comes as a shock. But many of you may have, have been where I'm talking about, where you're reading a book and you had to put the book down and you're like, wow, I can't, yeah, yeah. the dots are connecting. I, I understand it better now. Or maybe it was a, a video on YouTube trying to figure out how to put a starter in. Yeah. 
a little car, a Ford Taurus, a 1985 Jerome's car. And revelation came from that YouTube video. <laughs> and that, that it, it's, 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 and in the natural sense, I think, and it, it's, it's important that we get this. If we don't ever have revelation, that we don't mature properly. We don't, we don't become what we ought to become as an adult and, and know how to handle ourselves in life and, and, and so on. And, and I don't want to belabor that point. I think you understand what I'm talking about. But revelation comes through time spent with someone or time spent with something, uh, some form of education so that you can get an understanding of something that you did not know before something that you did not have before it allows you to to move forward in life paul mentioned similarly and in romans chapter 10 verse 14 he said how shall they believe in whom in him of whom they have not heard uh, we could take it to this simple practical example here of of jesus when when uh, what, what is exactly what paul's talking about to the roman church he, he said how can you expect people in your church to believe on jesus if you don't preach jesus to them if you don't share it with them this is revelation in the natural sense if you don't if you don't take the time to teach them a bible study if you don't take the time to pray with them if you don't take the time to show them how do you expect them to believe in him? I know this is not profound. But it's important that we understand that we understand this. When revelation comes, it's important that we, we are able to discern whether or not it's true or false. I was listening to, I, I think it was a podcast the other day, but they were talking about... Um, talking about just the simple the simple idea do you ever question your thoughts do do you or do you just as soon as the thought just as soon as the idea appears in your mind you accept it as reality you accept it as truth whatever do you ever take the time to to question whether or not and, and I, I I think that's an important process if if you are trying to develop and trying to do well in life you need to take the time to just ask yourself hey is this true is my opinion on this accurate find some outside source to to corroborate what you are thinking how do we know that the revelation that we have received is true uh, in our own life how do we know or, and specifically regarding scripture and the word of god in our spiritual life, how do we know that it's true anybody have any ideas we we find an outside source and we corroborate what we believe or what we have received or what we have have realized in revelation that that it is true with god's word first john 4 and 6 says we are of god talking about the apostles this is apostle john writing in the personal sense he said we the apostles are of god you weren't there when God gave us divine understanding of the scripture, John is saying. He said, I was standing there when Jesus breathed on us and he gave us understanding of the scripture. He hasn't done that for anybody else. He gave us a divine revelation of scripture. And therefore, what we write is of God and he that knoweth God. If you want to know what is true and what is error, you want to know what is right and know what is wrong, you need to compare what you know with what we are saying. 
We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us, the apostles. He that is not of God heareth not us. How do we hear the apostles? Absolutely. Specifically the New Testament. The New Testament is the epistles and the and and the uh, the the narrative form of, of Jesus' life. These are all written by the apostles. And it's there so that we can know God. So that we can that we can verify what our revelation is. Amen. Our personal revelation is is only that. It is personal revelation. Amen. But it's divine revelation, Brother Hall, when we compare it with the Word of God and we find a corroboration and, and there's a feeling down on the inside. Amen. I mentioned just a moment ago when you read just a, a regular book. Amen. You, you start connecting dots and stuff and, and, you, and you have to put the book aside and you say, wow, what a what a but how much more? I mean, how many of you taken the time to read the Word of God and, and connect some spiritual dots and, and you start realizing, wow, there's some real power to this. And, and it's more than just an intellectual connection, but there's a spiritual understanding. I mean, that's transferred. Hallelujah. Hereby, Paul, uh, John said, this is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Amen. It's more than just black and white on a page. Amen. You got to get us. There's a spirit behind it. There's, there's some feeling behind it. There's, there's more than just intellectual ascent, but it's a spiritual understanding. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's that special kind of revelation that cannot be discerned by our natural senses. It's disclosed by God's own spirit. Hallelujah. John chapter 16 says, how be it? Verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. It's the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of truth. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of errors. If we corroborate it with what the apostles wrote. But how did they receive it? Because they received it by the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. The same spirit that inspired the apostles to write these words in this uh, eternal, everlasting book of truth. It's the same spirit that can bring revelation and understanding to you. Hallelujah. That's why it's more than just a mental understanding. Amen. It's something, amen, that gets burned on the inside. Amen. It's something, amen, it's a heart understanding. Hallelujah. It's the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of truth. He will guide you. Hallelujah. You don't have to rely on the education or the understanding of another man. Amen. All you got to do is find yourself. Amen. Secluded. Amen. And spend the time with him. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. It was an experience like this that Peter, talking with Jesus one day, who is the Word incarnate, Jesus is, John 1 and 1. And when Peter was talking with Jesus, or Jesus was talking with him in Caesarea Philippi, Matthew chapter 16, wasn't just talking to just Peter, he was actually talking to the rest of the 
disciples. In verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What do those who don't have this impartation, what do those who don't have a revelation, what do they say about me? How do they identify me? And so they said, verse 14, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, so one of the prophets. What an amazing compliment to Jesus and his ministry. He is, those who don't have a revelation, even they understand that there's something different about this man. He's at the very least a prophet. He's distinct among other men. He's not just a man, but he's a prophet. And let me just take it a little bit further that these prophets had already uh, died. Everybody except John the Baptist, they'd already died and gone on. So what, what are they saying here? Is he one of these prophets who have re- resurrected? Perhaps this is a greater distinction from just an ordinary prophet that these people are realizing. Amen. But verse 15, Jesus gets to the point and he says unto them, but who do you say that I am? Is your understanding, Brother Carter, is it different than what they say? Peter, is your understanding of who I am, is it different than what everybody else is saying? Do you know that I am more than just a prophet? Do you understand that I am more than, than even a resurrected prophet? I am the only God. Amen. Incarnate. Walking on earth. For what purpose? For the purpose of saving you and your friends and your family and this world. Hallelujah. Do you know who I am? Do you know? I want to ask this this church the same question. Do you know who Jesus is? I know we sing the song. Let me tell you who Jesus is. He's a rock of all ages. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. But do we really understand what that means hallelujah or is it just black and white on pages on thin pages that easily tear with a quick flip amen of getting to the next knowledge the next bit of information or are we willing to spend enough time on that page to take a divine revelation I'm telling you if you're willing amen he'll reveal himself to you in a way you've never known before right now he's in this house he wants to let you see him in a glimpse him in a greater understanding more than just intellectual ascent more amen than just I know him amen but I believe him come on church let's magnify the Lord just for a moment hallelujah But Peter, he said, Peter said unto him, I know you. I know you, Jesus. Thou art the Christ. Thou art the son of the living 
prophet. I've seen you bring the dead back to life. You're more than just a, amen, a man of God. Amen. In the Old Testament, prophets did that. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Was it Elisha laid down on the boy? Uh, that in the room where the woman set aside the room, he came and laid down mouth to mouth, eye to eye, nose to nose. And the boy, amen, came back to life. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Even a prophet can do that. Amen. So what distinguishes Jesus? What makes him different? Yea, he's a prophet. Oh, but more than a prophet. Peter said, Jesus. Thou art the Christ. Here's what makes Jesus different. He's the one that the prophets talked about. He's the one that for to whom amen, the prophets worshipped and adored and lived. Amen. You could be seated for just a few more moments, but don't sit there for long because I want the Holy Ghost, amen, to give himself, amen, to reveal himself in this service in a way to some of you, who, in a way that you've never seen before, amen, in a way that you've never experienced before. It's more than just a religion. It's more than just a understanding. It's more. It's so much more. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus answered and said unto Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. You didn't get this from your daddy. You didn't get this from your teacher. You didn't get this from studying the books. Amen. In the Torah. Amen. You didn't get this. Amen. From some old natural revelation. Amen. But flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee. But my father, the spirit of old, that spirit of truth, he's guiding you right now, Peter. He's giving you some direction. He's helping you understand something. My father, which is in heaven. My father, which is in heaven. Hallelujah. How are you the Messiah, Jesus? How are you walking? And how are you talking to me? How am I looking at you? Jesus, after he was resurrected from the cross, he told Thomas, behold my hands. Amen. Put your hand in my side. Amen. I'm going to give you an experience, child, that you've never felt, you've never seen before. I'll take you all the way. If you need evidence, I'll give you evidence. If you need understanding, I'll give you understanding. Hallelujah. I don't know, amen, how far God needs to go to give you this understanding. Amen. But I'm here to tell you this morning that he'll give it to you. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who do you say that Jesus is? Is he the rock of ages? What does that mean to you? Is he the Alpha and the Omega? What does that mean to you? Is it just a good song? Is he the risen one? We sang about it this morning. What does that mean to you? We got to do more than just sing these good songs. We need, to, we need to sing it with revelation. We need to sing it, amen, from the bottom of our heart. Thou art the Christ. You're the one that the prophets talked about. You're the one that they prophesied about. You're everything that we live. 
growing up in a tradition, amen, where every one of my fathers and their fathers and their fathers failed short. Amen. I grew up in a tradition, Peter's thinking. Amen. I'm just a fisherman. I'll never be, uh, I'll never be as holy as one of those Pharisees. I'll never stand in the temple and, 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 and talk about, amen, the truth of God's word. I don't have that kind of understanding, God. I don't have that understanding. Amen. But little did Peter know that in just a few days, he would be standing on the day of Pentecost. Amen. Elucidating on the word of God. Amen. Sharing his own revelation. Saying, Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is what Jesus came for. God can go beyond what your history is. God can go beyond what your heritage is, where your family came from. Amen. What you've been from. Amen. Where you're going. God can change all of it. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Blessed are you. Hallelujah. What would you give for a blessing from Jesus Christ, the Messiah? Amen. God will give you that blessing this morning, Brother Jerome. God will give it to you. Amen. In the form of revelation. Yes, Hallelujah. Many of us claim a revelation of who Jesus is. We know he's the Christ. We know he's the eternal father, incarnate, the giver of life. We know that it had to be the perfect God of old in flesh and on that cross dying for our sins because he required a perfect lamb. We have an understanding. But do we have a revelation? Come on. Come on. Do you have a revelation of what Jesus can do? Because if you do, it's not hard for him this morning to heal your body. If you have a revelation of Jesus. <laughs> he can restore that broken heart. That marriage. He can, he can bring back together. What you broke. What you tore apart. It, the revelation is not. It doesn't require. The strongest minds from. The greatest schools in the land. Matthew chapter 11 verse 25. At that time Jesus answered and said. I thank thee. O father Lord of heaven. And earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, hast revealed them unto babes. This is simple enough for babes. Even little Johanna received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I saw little Jaden praying. 
It doesn't have to be. This is not complicated. He's made it so clear, so easy to understand that even in, in, in Jesus' words, even the babes can understand it. Verse 26, even so, Father, so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he, this is verse 27 of Matthew chapter 11, to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. The whole reason Jesus came to earth was so that we can get a better understanding of who God is. He didn't, a part of that was to save us. Part of that was to go on the cross. We talked about it just a minute ago. He died, he spilt his blood to fulfill the prophecies of old and, and his own plan of salvation. And I don't want, I'm, that certainly, I'm not trying to take anything away from that. Right. But Jesus came so we can understand that God wants us to understand who he is. He to whomsoever the son, that's Jesus. He to whomsoever the son will reveal him. I'm telling you today, even if you've got the infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues, you can receive a greater understanding, a greater revelation of who God is. Even if you've been coming to church your whole life, even if you've been in church for 30, 40 years. There's more in God, amen, than what you have experienced. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to figure that stuff out. Amen. We can just look through the pages of God's word and, and see what the Pentecostal church and apostolic church who had a revelation of who Jesus was. The very people who walked with Jesus, who had a direct communication with Jesus, that Jesus gave understanding of scriptures of old. Amen. These are the ones who had the most perfect understanding of who Jesus is. They exemplified what apostolic church should be like hallelujah there's more for us there's more for this church there's more for you hallelujah in every single one of these pews first corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 god hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise you can't bring your education in here and i'm not preaching against any of that please don't misunderstand or misconstrue what i'm saying amen but that has to be left at the door because we're all level at the foot of the cross we're all on equal footing at the on our knees when we're submitted to god and God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Even if you have, amen, the most successful business in America, even if you are the most strong, amen, at the gym or the most capable in your home, amen, let me tell you that even you, amen, don't need to leave that at the door, amen, because it's weak things in this world that confound the mighty. Even the base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so glad, Brother Hall, that he 
chose the base things. I wouldn't be qualified. I'm so glad that he chose the things that were despised. I'm not worthy to even feel his presence, much less have an understanding of who he is. I'm so glad that God in his tender mercy, amen, went to the lengths that he did as we were singing about this morning. Amen. So we can come and dine. That's right. Hallelujah. This isn't a prestigious religion. This is not something, amen, that, that you, you have to meet certain criteria to enter into. All you have to do, all you have to do is receive that revelation that he gives. And babies can understand it. Weak things confound the mighty. Foolish thing confound the wise. These are the things God hath chosen and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. While it's not a profound revelation. It's not, it won't knock your socks off, so to speak, intellectually. In fact, you read the articles about Azusa Street, there are many that were making fun yeah. of the experience that they were witnessing. Right. Yeah. You're not going to, it's, it's not anything super profound. Right. But it is powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Romans chapter 1 verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead this is he, he's made it so simple that those and in this passage we have a hint of who it is that he wants to reveal himself to he says the invisible things of him from the creation of the world be are clearly understood being understood by the things that are made yeah 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 that's everybody uh, nobody's excluded from this Amen. You. you don't exclude yourself by being successful you don't exclude yourself by being intellectual. You don't, uh, please understand me. I, in my former statements, I, I wasn't saying it to the point of exclusion. Right, right, right. Everything that is made should understand this. Everything that has been made from the creation of the world should understand not only. The Godhead, which is what he said. He said, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. But also his eternal power. We as oneness apostolics, we, get, we love this scripture because it's, it's a good one to talk about the oneness of God. And, and those who think that understanding the Godhead is such a great mystery, you take them to this scripture and be like, well, what do you do with this? Said that everybody can understand even the Godhead. Yeah, so that we are without excuse. Right. What about the power part? Yes. Do you understand his power? Yeah. Is that a part of your revelation? Yeah. Do, you, do you understand yeah. the power that's associated with Jesus? Yeah. 
that phrase, so that they are without excuse, also applies to this too. He wants you to understand, if, if you have a real revelation of who Jesus, he is, the almighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of people. He is, this is who the son is. This is who Jesus is. So all the creative power that is in God is in Jesus. All of the, all of the power that, that God exhibited throughout the pages of the Old Testament in, in healing and, and delivering and resurrecting. I know this is not new for some of you, but it was in Jesus when he was walking on earth. The power is to be understood by those things that are made so that we are without excuse. I, I know that I'm, I'm kind of up against the wall here, so that's why I'm kind of slowing down a little bit. When Jesus walked into the Garden of Gethsemane, they came to take him. And Jesus says something to them. Verse, John chapter 18, verse 3. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, come thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto him, Whom seek ye? Do you know who I am? Do you know who you just encountered? Judas. You were there when Peter said who I was. Do you know who I am? Oh, there's so much here. I, I can get bogged down right here. I thought you had an understanding of who I am. I thought you realized that, that I was the maker. I thought you understood that, that I am the eternal God. Judas, whom seek ye? Who are you looking for? Do you even know? Verse 5 indicates to us that they did not know. Then they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. We're looking for, you know, the guy from Nazareth, the boy, Mary's son, Mary and Joseph's son, the carpenter. We're looking for that one. Jesus said unto him, and you got to understand what's happening here. That word, he, you could see it. I'm thankful that this scripture has it italicized on our wall. Can you see that? That he is italicized? Jesus saith unto them, I am. The italicized word is what the KJV translators put in there. They, they italicized the words that, that they inserted to provide better clarity. During their translation, the, the original language did not have the word he there. They just inserted the word he so that it was clear to those of us who are reading the scripture that he was talking about, to, you know, the, the pronoun that he was talking about. But Jesus' actual response, and maybe it was because the King James Version translators didn't have a revelation either. 
But Jesus said unto them, not I am he. He said, and you've heard this before from Bishop, ego, I me. It's the same phrase that God used in the bush when he revealed himself to Moses. I am. God, who do I say sent me? I am. In another passage, they were asking him, are you claiming that you are greater than Abraham, that you existed before Abraham? And Jesus responded to them, not, he, normally in, that, in the context, the grammar of the language would be, uh, before Abraham was, I was. That would be the normal way to say it. But God, Jesus didn't say it that way. Jesus responded and said, before Abraham was, I am. I am the same one that was in the burning bush with Moses. I'm the one that gave Elijah the healing power and the delivering power that he had. I'm the one that walked with Elisha. I'm the one that walked with the judges. And I'm the one that walked with, uh, amen, the old time uh, prophets of old. And I am greater than Abraham. I was there and I am here. Amen, I am. And in the garden of Gethsemane, with those without revelation, without a real understanding of who Jesus was. And then they came in and Jesus said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He responded and said, hey, go, I may, I am. I'm the one. I'm the one of old. I'm not just the one you're looking for. I'm the one, amen, that everybody's looking for. And the Bible says that as soon as he said that unto them, as soon, oh, Brother Jahim, amen, I wish I was standing there that day when Jesus uttered those words, amen, because as soon as revelation came to these men, the Bible says that they went backward. Now, it doesn't tell us whether or not it was... The astonishment, these are Romans. It doesn't tell us whether or not it was, you know, the intellectual knocking off of the socks, as I mentioned a second ago. I, don't, I honestly don't feel that it was that. If it was a group of Pharisees or a group of Sadducees, a group of religious zealots, I, I think possibly could have been that. Like, wow, what did he just say? I believe that as soon, because the way that the wording is, I believe that, that it was some unseen force. Similar, not too different from the kind of force that knocks us off of our feet sometimes when we are in the presence of the Lord. Not, not too, I, how many of you have seen when a man of God, sometimes they'll, they'll lay hands on somebody and they will literally just fall right out on the floor. Pastors talked about his dad that, that why do they do that? He, he, he would make fun of them all the time. There's no way on God's green earth that I would, I would act like that. I wouldn't be running around. I wouldn't be rolling on the floor. I wouldn't, and, and there's no way. And, and he specifically went to service one morning, one Sunday morning, and, uh, and pastor had been working with him for a number of months. And he said, I'll never come to your church. But finally he acquiesced and came to church. And he sat down and he saw his, uh, pastor's cousin fall out on the floor, laid out, just gyrating, you know, just. Holy Ghost is all over him. Different 
kind of experience than his dad perhaps had ever, ever seen. And, and he went back home making fun of his cousin, of pastor's cousin. Why did he do that? There, the, what in the world? That, that is just crazy. I would never, he made the statement, I would never do that. Then, pastor's dad came one night. And he received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you know what happened as soon as the preacher laid his hand on his head? He laid flat on the ground. And listen, I'm not trying to, I, I, please don't, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, build this up to more than, more than it is. I'm just telling you that there is a very real power that you can feel when you're in the presence of God. And when Jesus revealed himself to those folks in the garden of Gethsemane that power was there when they received a revelation of whose presence it was that they were standing in these are Romans these men don't know the scriptures like the Jews do they don't have that understanding but God got their attention sister Marissa God said I am and the Bible says that they went backward and fell to the ground. If I'm a soldier, soldiers are supposed to be upright and at attention. You're supposed to be the strongest one in the group. But these men were knocked backwards and fell to the ground because of the revelation that came on them. John chapter 12 verse 37 says, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they not Yet they believed not on him. This helps me and you to understand that this is the reason for Jesus' miracles. All the things that Jesus did. I took a class in ACBS. I highly recommend it. If you have, if you have the time, you have $200, uh, $200 uh, every semester. It's worth the time and effort, isn't it, Brother Larson? Absolutely. It's incredible. That a lot of the perspectives that you receive. Brother Chad Short taught a lesson, taught a class on the life and times of Jesus Christ. And he talked about the purpose for the miracles. And this is the purpose for those miracles. So that people would believe on him. So that people would understand that he is more than just another man. He is more than just uh, uh, the son of Mary and the carpenter from Nazareth. But the Bible tells us that in this case, in John chapter 12, verse 37, Though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. Don't let that be said of us. I don't know how many miracles the Lord has performed in this church. I don't know how many miracles God has performed in your own life. I know some of you have told me distinct things that God has done in your life. So how is it that we are challenged in our faith? How is it that we can not believe on him? I'll let you ponder on that for a moment. But John chapter 12, verse 37. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. John chapter 12, verse 37. We'll skip down, Brother Josh. We just read verse 37. Let's skip down to verse 38. Eight. That saying, that the saying, so he says, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. 
that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Why does he say the arm of the Lord? What does the arm of the Lord represent? The power. So to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? We've got the, the Pentecostal movement and many of you that are in this place have an understanding of who God is. But to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who has believed that report? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, verse 39 goes on to say, they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted, and I should heal them. It takes revelation, church. It takes a genuine revelation. And I, I believe that this is why the modern church, the modern Pentecostal movement struggles so much with healing. This has been something that I've struggled with in my own spirit. I've, 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 I've prayed and I've sought God. God, why are we not seeing miracles? Why are we not seeing the works that you've done? It's not that I'm just looking after those things. I'm not looking for signs and wonders. Amen. I'm not. But the Bible tells us that signs and wonders shall follow them that believe it's a product of our faith it's it's the result of those who are genuinely apostolic who are genuinely pentecostal and therefore if the signs and the wonders do not follow what does that mean I believe, I, I believe that some of us do believe. I believe that we, we know who Jesus is. How is it any different than those who accept him as our personal savior? And we stop with just receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I spoke in tongues on Sunday night. I felt the power of God running up and down my spine. Well, good. Awesome. I'm glad you did. Right. You need more of that. I need more of that. Right. I don't want to take anything away from that. Right. But if we stop there, right. if we stop with just the infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues, and if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost. This is far more powerful than the, the old religious community will share with you. Than even the, the charismatic community will share with you. It'll go home with you. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change the way you walk. It'll change the places that you go to. It'll change your conversations. It'll change your interests. That's what the Holy Ghost will do. But for the rest of us who have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, why should we stop with the gift of the Holy Ghost? I feel the Holy Ghost all over me. Amen. I believe God wants to show himself powerful and give some of us revelation in this place. To whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Hallelujah. God reveal your arm in this.
this place today. I'm not looking for miracles only, God, but let the signs and the wonders follow those that believe. Hallelujah. 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 Mary and Martha. Amen. In the chapter just before the one that we're reading in, in John chapter 12. I'm getting ready to close. Tori, you can come on up here. He said, though he had done many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. He did these miracles so they would know that he has the power, that he has the ability to do it. Amen. But this is John chapter 12. John chapter 11, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. The story of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus and the resurrecting of Lazarus, that story is told. And these folks were close friends. When Jesus was on the ministry field, when he'd come through Bethany, he'd stop at Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. He developed a personal and a close relationship with them. Amen. And I believe that many of you have a personal and a close relationship with Jesus. I don't question your walk with God. I don't question, amen, your experience. Hear me today. Amen. I'm not challenging your understanding of who Jesus is. I'm just trying to help you see that there's more to it. Yeah. Bible tells us in John chapter 11, verse 1, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus. Of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha, these are the friends of Jesus. It was that Mary, which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother's Lazar brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest, your friend, he's sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. Now we all know how the story goes. Jesus said in this passage, sickness is not unto death. And Mary, Martha, and Lazarus perhaps latched onto that and said, whoa, did you hear what Jesus said? Jesus said that I'm not gonna die. Jesus spoke the word. He said, I'm never going to die. I'm not going to die. This is the sickness is not unto death. Yeah. But how does the story go? Lazarus died. Yeah, yeah. God, what happened? You said that I wouldn't die. You said my brother wouldn't die. You said that this was not unto death, and yet he's in the tomb. It has not been one day. It's not been two days. It's not been three days. It's been four days. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to belabor this point, but I want you to understand. For those of you who have not drawn the application yet from what I'm saying. God has spoken to some of you and you have seen something contrary to what God has spoken. And it has shaken your faith. Don't you smell it? Don't you see it? 
man paint this picture any other way. Lazarus is dead as a doornail. What did you mean when he said sickness is not unto death? Jesus explains in that same statement, in that same message he was preaching to him, what he meant. He said that the Son of God might be glorified. How? Thereby. By the sickness. And by what Jesus refers to later as sleep. Son of God might be glorified. I want people to understand that I am greater than what they think I am. I want to elevate their opinion of who I am. I want to glorify myself in their mind and in their eyes. I want them to see for themselves that I am not just another man. That I am the Son of God. You ought to understand that Jesus has been a friend to these people. He has developed, sat at their tables. He's talked with them, I'm sure at length. He's talked with them about their pains and their issues and the, 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 the toils of life. They have a relationship. But Jesus wanted to say, guess what? I am more than just a friend. Child of God, he is a friend. He is a friend. He's the one that you can run to. Bible says we can cast all our cares upon him. For he cares. Nobody cares like Jesus. Nobody loves you as much as Jesus does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when Jesus said this sickness is not unto death. When Jesus gave you your word. When Jesus spoke to you. Church, let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. God is trying to speak to us. God is trying to help us understand. God is trying to glorify himself in your eyes. That the Son of God might be glorified. In verse 37 of John chapter 11, they say, Could not this man, which had opened the eyes of the blind, have caused even this man that should not have died? Why are we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why are we here weeping and mourning? Why is Lazarus in the grave? Why are we dealing with this right now? Hallelujah. Couldn't Jesus open, like he opened the eyes of the blind, couldn't he open this too? Why, why didn't Jesus heal Lazarus before he died? Hallelujah. Mary was struggling with this. Mary, when Jesus came to the scene, she said, Jesus, where were you? I have been dealing with this lost Brother, where you? Where you said it wasn't unto death, and yet he's dead. He's gone. God said, "I want to give you revelation 
I want you to see for yourself that even this stone, even this cold, hard stone cannot keep me from doing what I want to do. Even this lifeless body cannot hinder me. But Martha, Mary is the one that asked him. Saw him, she fell down his face, said to him, this is verse 32 of John chapter 11. Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother didn't, wouldn't have died. This is Mary talking to Jesus. Jesus saw therefore her weeping, the Jews also that wept with her. He groaned in his spirit and was troubled. Verse 20. Martha, on the other hand, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Mary didn't even want to go see him. This is before she went to him. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Maybe she was talking to Mary. Maybe Mary got into Martha's head. Martha said, Jesus, if you'd been here, just like Mary said, just a few verses later, Mary said, Lord, if you hadn't been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Martha said, Jesus, if you hadn't been here, if you'd been here, Lazarus would not have died. We would not be dealing with this situation right now. But something came to Martha. She totally changes her attitude. Jesus, if you had been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. But I know, I've got a revelation, that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. You've got to get the revelation that Martha had. Even now, God, I know Lazarus is gone. I know for some of this, this is going over some of your head, but I see some of you grasping a hold of this. I see some of you mixing what you're hearing with faith, and you're the one that I'm reaching for. God wants to show you who he really is. God wants to give you a revelation of how mighty, how able, how 